from iHeart Podcast, Supreme, the battle for Roe, tells the story of the unlikely champions behind the landmark case Roe v. Wade, starring Maya Hawke as 26-year-old lead attorney Sarah Weddington. We're challenging the Texas abortion laws in federal court. And Academy Award nominee William H. Macy as Supreme Court Justice Harry Blackman. Time is not the most important factor. Getting it right is. Listen to the podcast Supreme, the battle for Roe on the iHeartRadio app or wherever you get your podcasts. How powerful is Cox Internet? So powerful that one day your daughter will be able to simulate a soccer match against some of the world's best players right from your backyard. Get gig speeds powered by fiber from Cox. It's internet built for tomorrow, today. Internet delivered through Cox's hybrid fiber coax network. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions apply. Listen, it's that undisputed, yeah, we're here to shock the system. It's a war zone going down on Wednesday nights. This a fight, this is NXT vs. Dynamite. Weekly battles, rating shattered, this a revolution. This is change to what the game is used to doing. This is all about that dark and light contrast. Welcome to the Fight for Wednesday Night Podcast. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to the Wrestling DeLorean Podcast. This is the Fight for Wednesday Night I am Mike De Niro. Are you feeling lucky? You should be. This is St. Patrick's Day. Happy St. Patrick's Day, everybody. Whether you're Irish or not, you celebrate St. Patrick's Day, and that's a rule. Follow the Wrestling DeLorean Podcast on Instagram at Wrestling DeLorean Pod, and make sure you subscribe to the podcast and leave a review and rate us. Let's get into this big episode tonight of AEW Dynamite. It is March 17th, 2021, and we are celebrating St. Patrick's Day with the AEW St. Patrick's Day Slam here. We start off the show with MJF arriving with his new crew, his new band of brothers. They arrive in style, styling and profiling, if you will. Coming on their own private jet, you got MJF, Sean Spears, Wardlow, Tully Blanchard, and FTR. We go right into the very first match of the night. Pentagon Jr., Penta El Cero Miedo versus Cody Rhodes. This was a really good matchup. There was some spots of sloppiness. I, I don't think that Cody really meshes well with Luchadors, which is funny because Cody Rhodes had a great, great feud with Rey Mysterio back in the day. But just from what I see with some of the Luchadors, Cody doesn't really mesh well with that style. But, nonetheless, this was a pretty good matchup, and I enjoyed it. I think uh, it's raising the stock of Pentagon Jr. feuding with Cody Rhodes. It was, like I said, a good matchup, but a really weak ending, because after Canadian Destroyers, after Package Pile Drivers, after all these high devastating moves, the match ends with Cody Rhodes winning with a roll-up finish. Kind of weak, but... It is what it is. Pentagon Jr. attacks Cody after the matchup, which leads to the Nightmare Family making the save. But conspicuous by his absence is QT Marshall, who does actually come out eventually, but way after the attack is done. Still showing some dissension there. This matchup gets a 2 out of 5 for me. It was really good, but at the end, was not a big fan of the finish, but it is what it is. Next, we got a Young Bucks interview. Don Callis interrupts. He says that he wants to see the old Young Bucks, the Young Bucks 
from New Japan Pro Wrestling, the ones that actually had balls. So we'll see where that goes. Next we get the singles debut of Jade Cargill here. She goes against Danny Jordan. This was a quick squash match. Jade Cargill gets the win. Now, we left last week with a big cliffhanger ending with MJF forming his new group. And they all come out here. Tully Blanchard grabs the mic. He says that 30 years ago on this channel, he was a part of the greatest men, well, the greatest team and joined forces with the greatest men in wrestling history. And he said he's going to end his career with the greatest professional wrestlers of today. Then MJF gets the mic. He talks about his plan about how he destroyed the inner circle from the inside, got dissension between Sammy and Chris Jericho, and then eventually came out from the shadows and destroyed the inner circle. This was really, really well done. One hell of a promo here by MJF. This was a throwback to a Ric Flair style promo, a Four Horsemen style promo. He gave a rundown of everybody that's in the group. And then he said that their new name and the group will be going by is The Pinnacle. Which was cool because I didn't want no Four Horsemen or Five Horsemen or Ten Horsemen. That's bullshit. You know what I mean? It's cool. This is a Horseman style group, but let's not call them the Horsemen. Like, I hate it when TNA created their own Four Horsemen. And instead of giving them a proper name, they called them Fortune because of four in it. And they all threw up a four, but they dropped the ring finger instead of the thumb. That was kind of corny to me. So I thought this was cool. Pretty cool name. I like the Pinnacle. That sounds cool. Next we get Matt Hardy Enterprises. Which is Matt Hardy, Private Party, and the Butcher and the Blade. They go 5 on 5 against Bear Country and the Jurassic Express, Marco Stunt, Luchasaurus, and Jungle Boy. This was crazy. Craziness all over. Kind of confusing. I don't know why Bear Country was... It seemed like they were feuding with, uh, what's it called? The Jurassic Express. I don't know if this is leading to anything. I don't watch AEW Dark, so I don't know if there's been some shit on AEW Dark that I need to know about. But that's one thing I hate AEW for. They expect you to watch all hours of their wrestling and expect you to know everything that's going on without any explanation. But be that as it may, this match was okay. Team Matt Hardy wins. It really didn't do much for me. A lot of nonsensical action here. And I like a lot of the wrestlers in this match. It just wasn't anything special to me. I give this a 1 out of 5. Next we get a hell of a promo by Eddie Kingston and John Moxley. Talking about the Good Brothers. Talking about Googly Eye, Luke Gallows, and Chad Too Bad. Tonight they're going to take out the Good Brothers. We finally get an interview with Christian Cage. Who finally speaks for the first time since appearing here on AEW. He says that his goal is to cement his legacy here in AEW and outwork everybody. And he said that down the line, Kenny Omega needs to watch out for him because his time as champion is, he's on borrowed time as champion because one day Christian Cage will face Kenny Omega and he will win that world title from him. We next get the Good Brothers versus John Moxley and Eddie Kingston. The Good Brothers jump Eddie Kingston while he was making his entrance, jump-starting the matchup. John Moxley comes, he evens the odds. This was just craziness all over. Big brawl here. The Good Brothers really took the uh, punishment to Kingston and Moxley, which was really cool because I feel like the Good Brothers, they lose a lot. So they needed to pick up some momentum here. 
a lot of uh, intense brutality here. Really good matchup. I, I enjoy this a lot. The Good Brothers actually lose the matchup as John Moxley wins with an inside cradle. He pins Carl Anderson. After this matchup, the Good Brothers attack and they continue the beatdown on Omega, well, on, on Moxley and Kingston. Kenny Omega comes out. He joins in on the attack. They break Eddie Kingston's ankle here with. Protesters and supporters alike are lined up outside the United States Supreme Court this afternoon as a decision in the most hotly debated case in years is set to be delivered. From iHeart Podcast, Supreme, the battle for Roe, tells the story of the unlikely champions behind the landmark case, Roe v. Wade. Sir, I graduated the top quarter of my class. We, we just, just don't have a spot for you. Starring Maya Hawk as 26-year-old lead attorney, Sarah Weddington. We're challenging the Texas abortion laws in federal court. And Academy Award nominee, William H. Macy, as Supreme Court Justice Harry Blackman. My chief qualification being... I'm uncontroversial. You know how we both ended up on the Supreme Court? Politics. Damn right. This may be the longest of shots, but it's also the last chance for a lot of women. Time is not the most important factor. Getting it right is. I'm trying to get you to stand for something, man. Now go to it. Listen to Supreme, the battle for Roe on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. powerful is Cox Internet? So powerful that one day, your daughter will be able to simulate a soccer match against some of the world's best players right from your backyard. Get gig speeds powered by fiber from Cox. It's internet built for tomorrow, today. Internet delivered through Cox's hybrid fiber coax network. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions apply. By wrapping it in the chair and then stomping it. The Young Bucks come out before they could do the same to John Moxley's neck. And they stop the attack. Then they refuse to give the two sweets to Omega and the Good Brothers. So we have dissension here from this Bullet Club reboot here. And it looks like the Young Bucks will not join the Good Brothers and Kenny Omega. And do not agree with the actions of the wannabe Bullet Club. Next, Tony Schiavone, he brings out... Oh, by the way, that matchup, I give it a 3 out of 5 stars. I really enjoyed it, and I enjoyed the post-matchup shit, too. So, next, we get Tony Schiavone. He brings out Sting and Darby Allin. Darby Allin says that he wants to be a, def- a fighting champion. He didn't defend the belt as much as he should have. And next week, he's going to give a member of the Dark Order a title shot in honor of the greatest TNT champion, Brody Lee. Later on in the night, it is announced that the member of the Dark Order that would be taking on Darby Allen will be John Silver. So that should be a good matchup next week. But during this interview, Lance Archer interrupts and says that it's his time. He's sick of not getting any time on this show. And he wants to let Darby Allen know and Sting that he's not going to be looked over anymore. Then Jake the Snake gets on the mic and he tells Sting, you know better. You know me. If this leads... To Darby Allen and Sting versus Jake the Snake Roberts and Lance Archer, I am all in. I don't know if Jake the Snake could go anymore. But I'm willing to pay money to see Jake the Snake and Sting go at it one more time. Funny enough, though, Team Taz also comes out. And I thought that this was going to be Team Taz 
throwing your hats in the mix here. And I was going to be so pissed off because I'm sick of Team Taz versus Sting. We've been seeing that for way too long. Since December, we've been seeing that. But instead, Brian Cage takes the mic. He says he wants to tell Sting that he respects him and that Ricky Starks is wrong. He is the icon, which leads Team Taz to be confused on why Brian Cage would go out of his way to show respect to Sting. They don't know why he would do that, and now there is dissension within Team Taz. So interesting to see where that goes. Next, we got Phoenix versus Angelico. Classic luchador matchup here. Phoenix gets the victory. He's still building up his momentum. Phoenix has been a star on this show for a while. I like the matchup of Pac and Phoenix versus the Young Bucks, but it does look like that Pac and Phoenix versus the Young Bucks is like an afterthought now that the Young Bucks are going to probably be feuding with Kenny Omega and the Good Brothers. But Phoenix cannot be overlooked any longer. This guy deserves gold. He has been one of the highlights on this show. And I got to say, Phoenix has really grown into his own as a singles competitor here. So I don't really necessarily care for him to be continued to be, I guess, locked into a tag team here. Not saying that him and Pac isn't a great team or that they're throwing his talents away. But still, I would like to see a more singles push for Phoenix. Such as maybe a Phoenix versus Darby Allen feud for the TNT title. That would be fucking phenomenal if you ask me. Anyway, the main event of the night, we get a lights out, unsanctioned fight between Thunder Rosa and Britt Baker. This was the very first time that the women main evented an AEW event. So, this is a historic matchup. They did the whole lights out gimmick where if the light after the lights go out and come back on, AEW's sanctioned event is over and anything that happens... After this, AEW is not responsible for. And this was one hell of a hardcore match. These two girls destroyed each other. Thunder Rosa and Britt Baker were bloody messes at the end of this matchup. It was a sight to see. You couldn't even see skin on Britt Baker's face. She just was covered in blood, pouring out of her head. They had some wicked, wicked... Spots onto ladders, chairs, tables. Insane. In the end, Britt Baker comes out. She pours tacks into the ring. They do some crazy-ass spots on some tacks. A big power bomb. The lock jaw gets reversed as she as Thunder Rosa rolls Britt Baker into the tacks. A big uh, Thunder Driver through a table at the end for the victory on the outside. Just insane. I gotta say that AEW's women have really been stepping it up as of late. And I'm really interested to see the momentum keep on building with the AEW women. And I really hope that we're turning the page here and the AEW women really become to really come into their own and become the breakout stars here in AEW because it would not only add so much to the show, but it would also give more of an identity to women's wrestling outside of the WWE. So, I really was pleased with this matchup. Thunder Rosa winning was interesting because I'm not sure if she is signed or not. I know she's still with the NWA. And if this is just showing that the Forbidden Door continues to stay open for other companies, that's really awesome. But I really would love to see Sheeta and Thunder Rosa bring that one back and have a women's title match because... 
Thunder Rosa really deserves that gold, in my opinion. She has been on a tear. And Thunder Rosa, along with with uh, Serena Deeb, I feel really have turned this division around and are the two all-stars and bright spots on the AEW women's division. So I think that if anyone deserves the gold right now, it is Thunder Rosa. So that is really awesome. This was a really good show, in my opinion. By the way, that main event gives three out of five stars, in my opinion. Great matchup. This show was really good. A really good follow-up of last week's excellent show. This wasn't as good as last week's show, but it was a good follow-up and was neck and neck with that show. I'm going to give this show a 3.5 out of 5. I enjoyed it. And that's all that matters on this podcast. I don't give a fuck about the ratings. I care about what I like, and I like this show. So, with that being said, another show that I really liked was the Impact Wrestling episodes that I watched this week for tomorrow's Making an Impact show. So, make sure you tune in to Making an Impact tomorrow night as we are on the road to Turning Point 2005. And then make sure you tune in this Friday to This Is Extreme. We're talking about some crazy-ass ECW Hardcore TV episodes. And then make sure you guys have a great weekend. Love you guys. Stay stay positive. Stay strong. Stay safe. Stay healthy. From iHeart Podcast, Supreme, the battle for Roe, tells the story of the unlikely champions behind the landmark case, Roe v. Wade. Starring Maya Hawk as 26-year-old lead attorney, Sarah Weddington. We're challenging the Texas abortion laws in federal court. And Academy Award nominee, William H. Macy, as Supreme Court Justice, Harry Blackman. Time is not the most important factor. Getting it right is. Listen to the podcast, Supreme, the battle for Roe, on the iHeartRadio app or wherever you get your podcasts. Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. 